then you either were very excited or that came out of you that shouldn't have. Don't worry about it. Already, right. Chris, it's not even the end of the episode. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Dealing Seconds, the podcast with your Cards and Beards crew. My name is Chris. And I'm Danny. What's up? I'm James. Guys, we're going to have a fun little podcast today, I think. Um, I think our podcast today is going to be about what do you use your cards for? And you know what? I'm going to ask Dan that question. Dan, since you produce cards and, you know, you do a lot of fidget moves and we see you on Instagram all the time, what do you really use your cards for? Uh, well, I use my cards mostly for just relaxing and just, like you said, fidgeting. Uh, if there's a deck in my hand, it's just Char- Charlier cutting away, you know, um, and then I do that. I do the um, the judo flip, right? Is that what that fucking move's called? Um, <laughs> but I, I I do it at home. I do it in the car in traffic. I, I am in California in the Bay Area, so traffic is a plenty. So, I mean, why not do fidget cuts and shit while you're in traffic? Better Dude, than that a road rage. Home? Yeah, well, or well, both. Mm. But mm. road 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 range in my area will get you killed. So it's best to have a deck in your hand. And uh, you know that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But yeah, so that and then uh yeah, the the few slides I practice. I don't I've been kind of off the practice wagon, but uh, I like to do the spread pass until James started doing it. Um mm-hmm. and then <laughs> so and mm-hmm. I double lift away, double lift my move. And then there's nothing. No, I thought I thought your move was the the um, paintbrush. The oh, the paintbrush. Well, you can't have a paintbrush without a double double That's lift. That's true. Right? That is true. That is so true. Double, I'll just double lift all day long. See, so. I I've tried double lifting. I I'm getting better at it. I'm still trying to, you know, I'm trying to do the push off double myself, but it just never comes out right for me. I always, I'm just oh, working it. I can't do the push off double. I do. I just went straight to the strike double. Learned that yeah. from um, Andrea. Uh, shit, no, I did not. Uh, Jarek four twenty. I Jarek, I can't remember his name. One twenty. Um, he's disturbed an old reality. That dude. Disturbed reality. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> he had yeah. the Skrillex intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, dude, his his stuff was so good. Oh yeah, he was oh. like back in the the young Assad days. Fifty two yes. cards. Well, see, yep. like like I said in the last episode, or uh, or whatever, fifty two cards of sod was my first introduction when I jumped on YouTube and I found Disturbed Reality. Yeah, and um, I've talked to him many times. Fuck, he was yeah, he's so good. Damn. What about you, James? Well, then again, we already know. I mean, if you haven't followed James on Instagram, you know he's like the spread pass master right now. Literally. Uh, well, for me, I like my personal favorite stock is B stock. I love the durability. And I noticed when you do a, a palm with this like like premium stock style, it's uh, less tension you have to put in to catch a palm with it. So that's personally like a favorite fidget of mine. I also, I tried to find a way to, to reduce my phone time. How do I get off my phone for a little bit? And I noticed that playing cards was, was doing the trick just well. So, you know, mostly fidgeting. I love to practice slights, but again, like, I count mechanics as a fidget. I don't count it as I'm going to go perform. You know what I mean? So that's why yeah. I, I I, think it's really weird when, when they separate cardistry from magic because it's kind of the same thing. I mean, when you do a pass, you're just splitting two packets, and that's kind of what cardistry is. But, uh, yeah, so I kind of just – I consider it all just fidgeting. 
and yeah, it's mostly just, just to pass the time, a little bit of therapy, you know, people like to smoke cigarettes. I like to cut the deck. So pretty much for that. <laughs> I, I know who else likes to cut their deck. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you haven't listened to our first episode, go listen to it. You will understand why we just said that yes. <laughs> shameless plug. To episode yeah, I, I get the, I get the, um, like the therapy uh, of having a deck in your hands, you know, oh, yeah. and it's just, it's very soothing and calming. Yeah. For me, it's the same way. Like I don't, I'm not a magician. I'm not a cardist nor a sleight of hand card mechanic. I just like to fidget. You know, I practice myself. Like I've been practicing the classic pass a lot. I've been doing, trying to spread pass. I've literally, I've do the judo flip all the time. Or I'll do the Charlier or rep cut all the time when I'm sitting down. Um, one thing for me is the Pharaoh shuffle, even though I butcher cards with my Pharaoh shuffle, <laughs> the Pharaoh um, pressure. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking, speaking of Pharaohs, what's traditional cut, Chris? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm just going to be honest. I never understood it to me. They both Pharaoh the same way. Traditional and modern cut Pharaohs the same way. I destroy cards just the same way. That's, yes. a be- that's a benefit of being a power lifter. They feral yeah. either way. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just, I'll literally push these cards together. Don't matter if it's front to back or back to front. They're going the same exact way. That's what she said. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I just like dribbling, spr- springing cards. It's just for me, it's just that sound gives a little bit of like less, more zen in my, my opinion, less stress. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you just start. You just start hearing like the little. Oh, right there. Yeah. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Do that again. Oh, so good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dan had a moment. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I need to excuse myself for a second. <laughs> As Dan gets off the call. <laughs> no, but honestly, I mean, besides that, I mean, if you guys had to say because you use your cards in certain ways. You said, James, you like B-Stock for the durability um, because you know that you're going to use them. You're just going to, you're going to poop your deck out, but you know, that's going to be there. What would you say, Dan, is like your favorite stock then for the stuff that you do? You, you know, I'll, I'll be straight up and honest with you. Um, I really don't care about the stock uh, as much as most people do. Um, I just grab a deck and just play with it. Uh, I don't care if it's uh thick or sturdy or like flimsy like a cardamundi you know the slim nine stuff i don't i don't it doesn't really matter to me Uh, especially like if i'm looking to buy a deck stock is like the last thing i I care about to be honest with you Hmm. yeah for me it's i mean i'm with you on that one i really don't care but the one thing i cannot have is that really cardamundi slim line it's just not for me i think they print really well but i think for me what i do and the fact that, you know, I crush, I can crush a card easily with the big freaking hands that I have. And I'd rather have the thicker stock. And that's why I, I liked Cardamundi's original B9 stock. I thought it was great that Linen B9 was amazing. Um, I actually like the uh, premium stock from USPCC. Um, I also like the Hanson Chen stock, which I think is doing, he's doing some great stuff over there. Um, EPCC is great, but you have to break in your cards. That's yes. the only thing I have a problem with EPCC that it takes at least a good week of handling before you get the cards into like that perfect condition. But out of the box, don't use them for any type of slights. Yeah. But how about the, the, the gamesters? The, the which ones? The gamesters. 
Oh God. <laughs> oh God. I have I bought a double set of the the Whispering Imps Gamesters. And honestly, they feel so plastic. <laughs> I don't get the hype. I don't get the hype on those cards. I'm just like, what's the hype with those cards? The first the cards handle like shit. The card design <laughs> is nice, but I'm just like, really? It's worth that much? Um, it's, it's just riding off of the original. That's all it is. Yeah. Like yeah. the name that this the point, original brought. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. Um, but honestly, if, as long as I, for me, if it's at least a thicker stock, I don't mind. I just don't like the thin, I don't like that thin stock. And that's, I mean, I think cardistry people love that thin stock because it's just easier to manipulate for them for doing those packet cuts and aerials and things like that. But I'm like, even with aerials, I'm like, you probably want a thicker stock card because if you're doing a bigger aerial, you want a nicer, more, you know, sturdy card. I have no idea. I'm not a cardist and never will ever, ever claim to be one. Um, so I, I have no idea. But, I, you know, going back to expert, the best thing about those is those are great decks to have in your car. Yes. They last forever. Yes, they do. Even their tucks, they're so durable. Those yeah. plastic tucks are freaking durable. So you could I, I have I have at least two jet setters in my car right now. Nice. Yeah, I have a yeah. couple jet setters. I mean, I have a few in my, you know, near me now, but that's not what I'm using right now. Oh, good segue. You know what? We have to do our popular thing. Guys, it's time for a deck check. And guys, right. if you listen to us right now, this is what we do. Every time we do a podcast, we're always doing a deck check. We always, us card enthusiasts, we're always fidgeting. We're always having a card in hand, a deck of cards. So we want to see what you guys are using. Uh, guys, right now, I am actually using the Anatomica deck by Curio Cards um, with by our friend Jamie Morrison, a.k.a. Baconwise. I love these cards. Oh, I think man. Beautiful Bacon. Deck. He's fucking amazing. And by the way, if you actually get the cards in hand and you flip them, the the heart in the middle, because the way it's printed, because it's USB-CC, it's slightly off center. Each card, it actually looks like the heart is beating. Huh. <laughs> a, be, a, be, a benefit of bad uh, registration. Exactly. It's Definitely. just it's, it's so minute, but it just looks like like back and forth, just ever so much. But it's so nice. cool. What do you What do you got, James? Uh, I'm using just a classic Diamondback B-Stock. Okay. And then I'm rocking uh, the Visions Past Edition from our uh, from our homeboy, Wounded Corner, a.k.a. Steve. Um, so, yeah, been kind of rocking that, going with the thin thin stock today. Nice. You're going foiled out with that yeah. one. Yep. That's, that sucker is super foiled. It is super foiled. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, and it handles pretty, pretty damn well for being foiled, I'll tell you that. It does. And honestly, I think, believe it or not, all of us are using different types of stock too. Because Dan, you're using the B9 Slim line from Cardamundi. Yeah, I have, I have the regular stock from USPCC, and James is using the B stock, which is even a little bit thicker than these. Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely, you could tell the difference. Like we are using three different types of stock for the three different things that we do. But you know what, guys? I mean, for the fact that you know, there's so many different stocks out there, and so many different ways to use cards and not just gameplay or you know everything like that we also have to take into account the prices of cards because nowadays <laughs> guys can't see this but dan was just holding up one of the cards from visions and that thing was foiled out to the max <laughs> Honestly, it was giving me almost gave me an epileptic, uh, epileptic seizure with all the shine that coming in my face yikes the shimmer the shimmer oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I was thinking, guys, I'm like, nowadays I've been seeing, you know, card prices vary so much. You know, we go from like bicycle decks for like four bucks, you know, three fifty, four bucks, and you're getting full out, blinged out decks, like either from low track or Stockholm. You know, they're going for crazy uh, prices. Like, what was it? Just the other day, Henry, aka SoCal playing cards, he had on his website uh, item up for bid from Stockholm Seventeen, and the last bid was over one thousand seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm, pull, I'm pulling it up right now. So it was the number seventeen Crown Edition. Yeah, number sixty-eight is seventy-four. Let this pop out and pop up ad go away. What did that end up finishing at? Twenty-three oh five. $2,300 for a deck of cards, people. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, seriously. So my question is, because that, it's like, why? Whoa. And how much do you guys, on average, do you think is a comfortable amount to spend on a deck of cards? And let's just say, you know, let's, let's put a little parameters on here. Let's say, how much would you spend for like a worker deck, right? How much would you spend for like, a proper magic deck or cardistry deck and how much would you spend for like a art deck oh here l l let me start this one because i am the polar opposite of the i would never pay that much for a deck definitely not mostly yeah. because i i appreciate the art of the slights versus the art of the deck mm -hmm. so so for me i definitely would go for i can get a brick of bees for what forty dollars yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, the price they're like three something, four dollars each. That is, that's that's definitely what I choose to go for. I mean, and it, it goes back to bikes as well. I mean, I love the bicycle deck. The price of it is amazing. You know what I mean. And it's it's really more uh, accessible as as we said in the last podcast. But uh, but yeah, for me, I mean, I I like to average myself out as cheap as I can for a brick. I'm not really huge into collecting but that's not saying that i don't have a lot of decks because i have extras right but mm -hmm. i'm not really focused on on the artwork it's more of how the deck feels handles you know how it looks during a slight so that's uh definitely my range i always fall back to the b deck the borderless diamondback because it's i mean it handles amazing it's durable it's traditional cut that's a big one that and, is uh, yeah i mean it's it's just excellent for me but how about y'all I have no idea what traditional versus modern cut means still. So <laughs> we'll, don't leave we'll, that. we'll educate you one day. Yeah, one day. I'll, one day. I'll, I'll figure that out one day. One day. Um, do you want to, do you want to take this one, this one next, Chris? Sure. Sure. I'll do the next one. Um, for me, like, like same thing with you, James, like for an everyday deck, I don't mind bicycles. Like I have tons of bicycles on my coffee table. You know, for $3.50, $4 a deck, those are like my everyday worker decks. Like if I'm just fidgeting at home, those are what I, I will spend the money on and buy. Like I could buy a brick of those and I'm fully happy with that. Um, for like a nicer deck, like for example, I think we all know in the in the card community, we all know people like Luke Wadey, you know, Nick Nisco, you know, OPC, you know, people like that. Daniel Schneider, um, their decks, I mean, of course, cost a little bit more which are usually sit around. I think I personally think out of everybody, I think Luke hits the nail on the head perfectly when it comes to price point wise, especially when he does bundles and things, especially on Kickstarter, I should say not aftermarket. I'm saying on Kickstarter only 
he does a good job with pricing his decks accordingly, which they usually sit about like between 10 to $12 a deck. And I'm fine with that. You know, those are, I think, perfect price point. I think they're great. And then for like, let's say a deck of cards that's like just an, like an art piece, I might spend maybe at max 30. And that's when I'm talking about people like Third Way, you know, like Geo, his decks. Those Geo, are some Jack, Jackson Robinson. Jackson Robinson, yeah. Those guys, sometimes even some Stockholm, but I'm not, a, not the biggest Stockholm fan or, you know, KWP fan. I'm more of a Third Way fan. So I would spend at max 30 bucks on a deck. Um, do I do that often? No. Do I have a few? Yes. Um, but I gravitate every time I'm using cards, I'm either gravitating straight to the bikes or maybe like a Luke Wadey or Schneider deck. Those are the ones I'm always gravitating towards. Okay. Well, let me ask this question to y'all and I'll go ahead and answer it first. What is the most you have spent on a deck of cards? Because when I first started, man, I was just, you know, kid in the candy store. What do I want? All these decks look amazing. I don't know how to use them. So I, I don't mind collecting them. Right. Well, at first, I really got into the hype decks. That's when I learned that I really like minimalistic decks. Mm -hmm. I really like the style. So my most expensive buy was the Anyone, uh, Dan and Dave, the Hollow Tuck version. Oh, okay. That they had. I had got it off of eBay for $200. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was my uh, introduction to making mistakes. Wow. And uh, let, me go ahead, let me go ahead and tell you, I... I got the deck in the mail. I put it in a carrot case. I took a picture of it. I looked at it and then I put it right back on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually ended up losing 20 bucks on it because I, I, I only oh. sold it for 180. But that was my introduction to saying, holy shit, dude. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, the most I've spent on an individual deck. I can tell you right now it was 150 bucks. Okay. It was for a peeler B1. I had one opened when they, oh, my, that, they were my first uh, custom deck I ever got. And that's before I knew you always buy maybe at least two or three, you know? Right. Um, yep. So I have every single deck and I'm like, God, I need a peelers one unopened eventually to complete the set. And uh, I won it on SoCal's, auction because that was the cheapest I've, I've been able to get a hold of one so yeah. that was main that was solely to complete the collection i'm not a big complete the collectionist guy i have three four i have four sets that i have everything of um but that's just because i you know i i got in cheaply for the most part <laughs> You know, but I, yeah, 150, but on average, I, you know, I, I, I usually hang around the, the 10 to $12 range on my decks. Um, Amen, I brother. Yeah. And I don't buy that many anymore. Uh, I just don't, there's nothing's been really grabbing my, you know, attention, grabbing. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm mainly a Kickstarter guy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I but hear you. I, I used to be a Kings Wild subscriber, uh, and I did the limited and the standard. And the limited, I think, was like forty a month for a deck, and that. So yeah, I'll go thirty to forty if something uh, something really piques my interest, or it's like uh, somebody I support, like a Luke Wadey or something. I've spent a thirty bucks on decks from him before. Yeah, um, but nothing I make is a it's a general practice. That's for fucking sure. 
No, for sure. <laughs> I think I think for me, I would say the most I ever spent recently. I mean, granted, I do have a if an octopus kapam set, but I got that for free as a giveaway winner off lucky. SoCal, which I'm very lucky about. <laughs> Another SoCal shout out, <laughs> I mean, Henry. I mean, come on, guys. We all know in this community, if if it wasn't for Henry, a lot of people in this community wouldn't be able to get some decks that they really wanted. Henry That's has damn sure. Henry gets like the best prices you could ever think about, and his shipping is second to none. It's like the best shipping in the market right now. That's why I will always tell Henry and say, listen, go buy from SoCal. He is worth it. Him and Bam. Those are my two favorite people. Yeah. I have no problem with either one. Um, but for me, the most expensive deck I've recently bought, I bought, it was 55 or 60 bucks. Um, or was it 70? It was, I think it was either either 60 or 70. I think it's 60. Uh, I bought from Ryan Butler, aka RB Studios, the deck cutter. Um, he was he sold me the third way industries, the Galaxia Gilded Edition deck that I didn't have. Um, and he was like, dude, I'll give it to you at Kickstarter price. He could have easily said he'll sell it to me for like 150 for the retail price. He's like, no. I'll sell it to you for what I paid for it on Kickstarter. So yeah, that's, like, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was like, I was, and it's unopened. And it was <laughs> the one deck that I needed for the whole set because I had the rest except for the Gilded from that um, Kickstarter. And I was super happy and you know excited for him to actually give it to me at the Kickstarter price. Um, yeah, right. Like, I, I say spending that much is okay if you're doing it for, oh, you know, to complete a collection. Because I, I know James doesn't really, but I, I do collect certain brands and, and have them on display. So yeah, there are certain th exceptions to my rule because if yeah. I need this one deck to finish, if I've come across a deal on it, I'm, I'm going to fucking take it. Yeah. I mean, that was the one thing I needed for to complete that collection. No, but Dan, you were saying a good point you said earlier is that <clears throat> you're more of a Kickstarter guy yourself, you know, and I think all of us, all three of us, we, we do a lot of Kickstarter backing. I think, I think all of us here are super backers on Kickstarter, you know, cause oh, we back. Easy. Yeah, because yeah, we back so sure. many. Um, what's the what's the here's a two-parter. What is the most you've ever spent on the Kickstarter campaign? And what is the least you've ever spent? And oh. you can't be zero, can't be zero for not backing a campaign. What what if I backed a campaign and didn't fulfill the uh the <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh shots fired? Oh I have sorry. done that. I have done I have done it once. I'm not oh. gonna say what campaign it was, but I did do that once. Um no, um the the least I've spent probably probably like twenty to thirty bucks just did just did maybe two decks on an early bird uh, mm -hmm. probably was um, either a little poly sharks or um, the I think the smokers campaign from Bill, Bill Davis that ended last year I think um, but that's just you know just trying to tone down how much I'm buying the most I've spent. I'm gonna have to look that up, but it, it's at least four four hundred bucks easy. Ooh. Easy. Ooh. I'm gonna look that up right now. But oh, uh, it is. We but want yes, that number, I, Dan. I, we want the real number. Yeah. <laughs> shit, man. I don't. Damn. Yeah. We want to know. We want to know the number and what campaign it was. I, I will gladly tell you. Uh, you just have to give me a minute Ooh. to look that up. So, James, well, real I'm quick. Ask... Yeah, yeah. Oh. Real quick. Uh, yeah, I would say for me. When it comes to Kickstarter, the most I'll do is about four decks. And if I really want the deck, I'll get it on retail. It's no problem, right? So, like, mm -hmm. for me, I mean, really, Kickstarter, I, I mostly go for Luke Wadey. 
that's mostly what I what I jumped into. My first Kickstarter was the ARW V2. So that's like, I think if it wasn't for Wadey, I probably wouldn't do Kickstarter. But that being said, also, I didn't know anybody when I first started, like at the time. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Luke Wadey, like I kind of met him first before, like I met a lot of people. So, you know, now it's like, there's so many other people I would love to back, you know, whatever they get, whatever's coming out. But uh, yeah, so far, I mean, the max four decks, you know, maybe a limited edition, you know, something like that. But yeah. How about you, Chris? Uh, for me, I think the most I've ever spent on a Kickstarter was Jet Setters, actually. When Jet Setter last year in 2021 did the orange and gray, um, I spent 200, I think 220. Um, I did a, it's a mixed brick of the orange and silver. Oh, okay, um, okay, gotcha. Yeah, he did a mixed brick on it. Um, just because I, because Dan and I were part, that's how I actually met Dan. Dan and I met through Jet Setters Invitational because we were part of that last year. So, nice. you know, I was fortunate to meet Dan and being a part of that and getting to meet everybody and getting to know Paul, I was like, you know what? I want to support him. So I ended up getting a brick um, and supposed to be fulfilling soon. So I'm like, I can't wait. It's supposed to be like end of this month, early March. Yeah. You should start fulfilling. Because um, I know he's like, he printed with EPCC of all people and has had problems with EPCC. Go figure. Um, but, you know, I got, I did a brick on that because it also came with a carrot case, a brick Ooh, carrot nice. case. So I was happy about that. Um, and I paid extra to get the, like, the early shipping before like the first, what he calls his first class shipping. Um, so I did that. Yeah. Cause he does it in stages. Cause as Dan knows, when you self fulfill, it takes a while to fulfill everything. Yes, it does. So, so he was like, so Paul was like, you know what? People, I charge a little bit extra. People get first class, then, you know, like business class and coach. So it's like he knows how many he has to send first and then second and then third. Um, and the least I've ever spent was probably one of the first Kickstarters I ever did was actually from um, Cactus Playing Cards, um, his second edition, the Sunset Red. He had a early bird where you pay 20 bucks and you get three decks. So you pay for two and get one free. Nice. And that was the least I've ever spent on a deck on a Kickstarter, but I got three decks out of it. So there you go. I was like, Hey, and I mean, right now he just, he's about to finish funding his next deck. And I did for 40 bucks, I get a half brick. Okay. All right. So I, I have uh -oh. looked it up and uh -oh. I was, I was a little off. Drum roll, please. Hold on, hold on. No, no, not, not, not drum roll. Hold on. Springtime, please. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was actually pretty fucking funny. Um, the most I ever spent on a Kickstarter campaign and I made it go away is right here, three hundred and eighteen dollars. Which one? And that was for four clans. Oh wow! And the reason I went that high was because I was so butthurt that I could not get all the tough luck decks from Doc that I said, "Fuck this! His next campaign, I'm going all in." And so I fucking went all in because I'm gonna own all of that one. So yeah, that's why that was out of spite. Did that get fulfilled yet? Uh, no, it's not fulfilled yet. That, and that was what that was last year done. Yes. Yes. Middle of last year, yeah. Yes. And then and the second one would be uh, Black Roses, the foil hotels that he just did with Hanson yeah. Chen. That was that was maybe two fifty. Oh, and, and then Darren's re royal regime was two hundred. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, Darren is also a good friend, so that makes sense. Uh, Darren is, I 
I will say probably one of my best friends. Yes. 100%. You have to, you, you know, certain people you have to support like me. Like I try, I try my best to support all my friends like you, Dan, with your, you know, sophomore year and whatnot. I want to support that. And definitely with junior year, hopefully coming soon. We'll definitely, I think, I know, think James and I will definitely support that. Um, definitely. You know, certain people, you know, as we learn in our collecting days and what we use our cards for, um, it's like, hey, who can we support? How much can we spend? Do we have the funds? Um, you know, where do we want to really spend our money? And I think that also leads to people saying, hey, you know, if you can't support by funding, can you support by maybe, hey, shouting us out, letting us know, letting other people you know, know, hey, we're on Kickstarter right now. And I think that's a lot of things people have to start to understand that it's financially a hard thing to back everything. But oh, even yeah. if you just give like a shout out, I think that means a lot. Yes, 100%. I don't like the practice that people assume that because you're my friend, you have to back my deck. I don't, I don't like that, that, that kind of feeling mm -hmm. like, Hey, Chris, mm, we're in cards and beers together. You have to back my deck or you can go fuck yourself. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that, you know, cause I understand there are times where people just don't have the money and, you know, and, and some, and also some people may not like Kickstarter and yeah. they'd rather get the decks aftermarket. That's okay. Or, or the brutal truth, the brutal truth that they might not like the deck. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, and and I'll be honest. Uh, if you ask me what I think of your deck and I don't like it, I will tell you. But yeah. just because I don't like it doesn't mean that Chris isn't going to like. You know, like, yep, yeah. Taste vary. Taste vary, and so every, everything is so subjective. Like, I know for a fact, like me, I'm not the biggest B fan. You know, like the like the diamond diamond bees that James likes. Those are not my favorite. I hate. But doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Like I I I'm not a I'm not a borderless deck fan. I I do not Same. care for borderless borderless decks. But, <laughs> hey, I made a deck that was borderless. What do you what, you know? Um, but it, it, you know what it is? It's more because it fucks with my eyes. What I'm doing spreads like I can't oh, see yeah. the card and it just fucks with my eyes. And I know that's the point, you yeah. know. But like that that's the reason why it just messes with my head. <laughs> and you already wear glasses, so that's even worse for you. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, try to do that without your glasses on. You can be like, "Oh shit, I'm screwed. Right. This is fucked up." No, but honestly, I think I think that makes more sense. Like leading to like, "Hey, do you like the deck? Can you financially use it? Will you ever use the deck?" That's another thing, you know. Like, if you do a Kickstarter, will you ever use the deck? And that leads also back to like what James said in our first episode. Like, you get a deck of cards, and let's say it's marked. You've learned the marking system but you're only able to get a few, like maybe a couple bricks of it and you're hesitant to use them all the time because you're going to poop them out. And then you can't get these decks anymore because they're not in print anymore. Is it then worth the money you've spent? Yeah. And the time to learn the system because marketing exactly. systems are not overnight things. I mean, no. I've attempted them myself and it's like, you know, I'm just not the guy for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, with my next deck it's marked and i didn't come up with the system i've reached out to you know, darren darren offered it up and i'm like <laughs> thanks i, mean, Thank I get I, I get i get the <sighs> the allure of having a marked deck because it's a cool little stamp to put on your shoulder like yeah i made a marked deck you know um definitely but yeah i definitely get it if it's not going to be an everyday deck that you can get it, it is kind of a time waster half the time yeah it's it's definitely a time waster and unless, unless you can really look at the back and see it 
then yeah. you didn't really have to learn anything. Yeah. And, it's, right. and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of leads to the fact that it's like, like, again, are you really going to use that card, that deck of cards? Like, what are you going to use your cards for? And I think with Kickstarter, I think a lot of creators nowadays, they want to put out like the next hype deck, but they're trying to figure out how. So I think they want to become like the next OPC or the next Fontaine. But it's like... I would not consider OPC hype deck. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Not not with the past like few decks they've released. They are... They, I, I consider them just a staple in the card community. They are no longer hype, I don't think. No, I think the last few decks... I think maybe took them out of the hype deck clause. I think when they did, when they first started doing like their snackers line, when they were doing that whole with the pack and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I think they're becoming a standard of like, Hey, maybe what a Carter street deck looks like. Um, and, and it's not, and, and saying you're not a hype brand anymore. is not a, not a disc. That's actually no. a good thing. Yeah. You're not, you're becoming a staple. You're not just going to be like a one, like a one-time pony thing. Right you know? now, now, now they're going to be like an orbit. They're yeah. going to be around for as long, probably as long as they want to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, even though Fontaine's been around forever, I mean, they're still a hype deck, you know. Oh yeah, so it's that's, like the, that's like the Godfather of hype. <sighs> yeah, they are. I'm not going to get into it in this episode. Sorry, I'm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Just for anybody who doesn't know, Dan has a thing against Fontaine. And I have I have some Fontaines in my collection. Don't get me wrong. No, and I also sent you one as well. And as that's why I have a Fontaine in my collection. <laughs> people like Chris, like to fuck with me and send me some. Of course, I mean I have to. It's part of my, you know, it's part of who I am. I have to. Do that. I, yeah, we're, we're we're not gonna get into that because I I could talk for an hour just on Fontaine alone. True. True. So Dan, we know the hype deck behind Fontaine. I know you don't like them, so we're not gonna get into it. That'll be its own separate episode, maybe. Um, but for you, what do you think? What do you think qualifies it as a hype deck, and how much do you think you would spend on a hype deck? Then, well, I think your definition of hype is um, usually cardistry related nowadays. To be honest with you, um, but in in general, it's it's a deck that is just in super high demand and sells out lickety split uh, but everybody wants it uh, the resale market is high on it um of course there are some brands that are like that that i don't consider hype but you know fontaine is wild? the godfather of hype decks right now i would not consider king's wild a hype deck because gotcha. um, i i think also and, and here's why um i think part of being a hype deck is your limited quantity yes king's wild does have it's limited bit limited ability. I'm just going to make up words now. Um, <laughs> but Fontaine, while they do print what on average, 2,500 decks, he can print so much more. He has that ability. Kings wild. Yes, he does. But he kind of, the way his business model is, he doesn't, he has his, his, his subscription service where there's only a certain amount of slots per stand or standards are always going to be available for his but if you want the limited edition or the gilded edition he limits those because that's just as you know you have to be subscribed to get those uh, unless you're lucky to buy them one on ebay or sometimes he doesn't have the subscriber slots he'll sell those later um i i i don't so i i just really wouldn't consider his hype because it's just built into his business model and all his stuff is is more art based not many people are using King Wild's decks or want to use them. They want to display them and own them and just 
never even open them. Uh, Fontaines, they're used everywhere. Um, I know people collect them. There are rare ones, but people mainly get them to use them. That is true. That is true. But what what do you think of like the whole thing of like with Fontaine or any like hype deck, quote unquote, charging like 20 bucks a deck? No, I, I think I think that's way too high. Um, Especially for like you were just saying, like everybody wants to use them. Right. And, you know, charging that extra premium for them makes no sense because people want to use them. So why not make it more accessible for people? I I think that would make it not a hype deck anymore. And if you made more available, uh, like we can we can circle back to OPC where, yeah, they were hype once they got started. They were printing twice with twenty five hundred decks or so, but they realized, hey, there are decks are in demand, so they started upping their their uh, printing quantities to kind of match that demand. Yes, they still sell out within a couple of days of release, but he makes them available for everybody. He the does. price is always under ten dollars. Um, Not always. Is- recently, there have there have been a few recently, but yes, in general, like the first seventy two hours, they're usually yeah. like that nine dollar sale and then he'll do like a little discount on like a bundle right or like but a, i mean half brick. he's not he's not selling them for 15 dollars right out the gate no not right off the gate i think that also has to do with the fact that he works with kevin Yu at riffle shuffle like he tries to make it so that you know the first few days it's cheaper well and they're 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 about you know they're all about the community and what better way to keep a community involved is one make your decks available two, keep them cheap that's true that's true. I mean, you're not going to get. You, sorry, so go ahead. I was going to say you're never going to get the prices like a bicycle deck because since USPCC prints their own stuff, they can, they have the margins to be like, hey, we're printing this. We know the cost. We can still sell them for four, and we're going to sell masses of them. Well, plus you, you know? get them at Walmart too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Costco, Walmart, you get those. There you go. Cheap as hell. But you know, and so like OPC, if you notice, a lot of their fan base are young. Yeah. So they can get those decks. Yeah, they can get Fontaine decks too. Those are like $15. And and what what about anyone? Anyone's are 15 to $18, aren't they? Yep, 18 recently I've seen. Right. So understand. and we're not even talking about shipping. You know, we're just talking about straight up deck price. So Yeah. I I just think the the forced limited stock of their product is is a little eh, and it kind of creates the hype themselves so do you do you consider dan in your opinion of course this is our own guys oh yes of course if anybody's listening to this um this is our own opinion this is what we think i mean opinions vary please let us know dm us on cards and beards let us know your you know what your version of hype is what you think hype is about and how much you would spend on a deck of cards and what you spend on and what you use guys please let us know we want to know that um but wasn't say it's more of like what do you think would be the best and taking OPC out, you know, of like the hype brand? Yeah. What do you think would be the best way to say a hype? Hi, oh, no. So, okay. I'm trying to remember what I want to ask. Um, <laughs> gotta love mind, mind farts, brain farts all the time. You gotta love that edits. There's <laughs> like, um, so would you consider then Dan and Dave? The smoke and mirrors hype, especially now that they just released, (laughs) or in general, because now they just released that whole now their version, quote unquote, of like that box that they have with all those colors. Do you think they're hype? 
Absolutely. <laughs> yes, and but but I wouldn't put them on hype with Fontaine either, though. Like they're hype and they're uh, like they're the they're the pretty much founders of cardistry. And those smoke and mirrors original decks are highly collectible and sought out by card collectors. Um, I'm talking about I'm talking about now. But now, but now, but now they're building on their own previous hype. So yes, in that way, they they kind of are hype decks. Yeah, I think they're just doing all these different you know colorways, and then they did with that Lotus in hand, the uh, Dan and Dave smoke and mirrors, the the hollows, and I was just like, well, they just... also did before that. They did the anyone collab, which yes. is that's just straight hype <laughs> yeah so yes yes they are but they're they're building on their previous hype from the older from the older generation right because yeah. now you got all these new kids and they they probably looked at fontaine and are like gotcha you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do our own hype we're gonna team with anyone but we're gonna kind of do revisit our old shit but bring it back with anyone and then that just opened the floodgates and then brought us to the smoke and mirrors that they're doing now so yeah definitely hype but kind of a different take on it, I think. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan, personally, fan of the Dan and Dave Smoke and Mirrors lines. I just think it's overpriced for what they are. They're nice. Don't get me wrong. That's the colorways, hype for you. It's nice, but yeah. it's just not me. For my collecting style, it's not what I want to spend my money on. Yeah, I don't. I don't collect um, Dan and Dave stuff really. I, I have the gold Smoke and Mirror one just because I saw it on some videos. I'm like, ooh, that looks pretty. I at least I have at least one of them. You know. Yeah. And, and I I have an any one deck. And I have a Fontaine deck. It's just, you know, I I, I want to experience what this hype <laughs> is yeah. about. I mean, we all we all want to experience. We want to see what the hype is about. What what do cardists really like about the cards? For me, I'm just like, it's not for me. I'm not a fan. I don't see the allure in them. But again, everybody has their own taste in cards and everybody exactly. to each their own. I mean, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, no, you should not buy these. No, you like what you like. Get what you get, you know. I, I wouldn't necessarily like like I'm if someone goes, hey, here's my Fontaine collection and they have everything. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I don't I don't like those, but fucking dude, that, good on you. Yeah, that's a that's a salute there. Like one of our one of our good friends that we know, Rachel and her son Josh, they collect anyone's and they have an amazing uh, not anyone's Fontaine collection, and they have an amazing Fontaine collection. I'm I'm like I'm not a fan of Fontaine's, but I'm like wow it's impressive yeah that, that someone can yeah it, it's just you know i i get it in i, I get why they're there um i just don't care for them so <laughs> that just comes back down to like just being a collector overall because you know you think about it you have a huge fontaine collection is no different from having a huge king wild collection uh you know me personally i love to collect casino decks you know i don't actually use them i kind of just I guess that would be like my collector side, you know, but when you really think about it, it it's so subjective, you know, everyone has their own taste and, you know, that, that view that people have on Fontaine's, you know, somebody has for another brand, that which, is which is, which is a weird little branch off point to talk about. I really like the idea of, you know, Kings wild is, is, is this really art-based uh, style of deck, but I love to use the table players volume six mm. And the um, the Tally Ho V1s, uh, I believe they call them the Turtlebacks. The Turtlebacks, yep. They are, I am, they're, they're, it's an amazing deck and they're USPCC. They handle great. And, and mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a weird little high you get off of using these, these higher up brands, but as like worker decks almost. Yep. Yes. Dan, Dan right Shonos, yep. 
But you know what's you know what's funny? A lot of people, it's interesting, and it's a good. This is actually a good segue because a lot of times people get into like hypes or collecting a specific brand. I think it's also from winning a giveaway. Sometimes people might win a giveaway and they're like they've never had a deck. Let's say a Fontaine or a anyone or Dan and Dave. They win a giveaway and all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, this is amazing, and it gets them into that mode of like, oh, I want to collect more. I want to see what's more. Like I did that personally was with Third Way. I won a giveaway. I got a third way deck. And next thing you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, the artwork is amazing. I want to collect more. And this leads us into an interesting topic. So for whoever's listening, um, first off, thank you for listening and getting this far. But you guys are in on a little secret. We are here at Cards and Beards. We might be doing a really, really interesting giveaway. Let's just say there's probably a brick of cards going out to someone. We're not saying details yet. Just keep tuned. Um, we're going to randomly put it in one of our next episodes. We're not going to say which one. You're just going to have to listen to each one, figure out what we're going to be giving away, what the stipulations are. But let us tell you, it is a banger. It's going to be an amazing, amazing giveaway. Yes. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned in the next couple episodes because you never know what's going to drop. And we ain't going to give you a heads up after this. Mm-mm. It's not going to be, and it won't be on Instagram either. We might tell you to go listen to the podcast, but we're not going to tell you details on Instagram. You actually have to listen to to the podcast to find out what the rules are. Well, see, and, and speaking of giveaways, um, I I am a huge Orbit playing cards fan. That that's that's problem. That's my favorite brand, and I got introduced to them by. I think it was a mystery pack when I first started. I just bought I bought, bought a deck and I got a, a V4, the black one. And that well, it turned me on to that. I'm like, ooh, what is this? Looked into it, started collecting theirs, which then led me to Black Roses, which is another top three for me. Um, so yeah, it, it's giveaways. It's it's people giving decks just because they're nice. Uh, you never know what's going to turn somebody on to something. No, because sometimes you might be like, oh, you might see something on Instagram or on social media and be like, eh, that deck of cards or that, that designer is not for me. And all of a sudden you get it in hand. You're like, Oh, I see why people like it. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, like, for example, we're all fans of Luke Wadey. Some people are like, ah, they don't like the minimalism or they don't like his style. But then when you get that deck in hand and you see the artwork and you see how it actually makes sense, you're like, okay, this is why people like him. So that, for, for me personally, I, I'm like that with, uh, so Daniel Snyder decks, I, I wasn't, not that I don't like them. I just, it wasn't for me to go out and get one, but I had recently found the remedies deck on a SoCal bargain bin. And I, I went ahead and got it. It was really cheap, like five bucks. And it was, it was just like a ding corner, but man, ever since I got that deck, I absolutely love the style of it. The minimal, like the minimalist style of that deck is like, it just hits the mark for me. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of is like a good example of getting into decks that you never thought you would actually you know, go for until you actually hold it in hand. Yeah. And it, and it goes to also like what you would use that deck for. Like we, you know, circle around back to like our original question, like what are you going to use your decks for? You know, personally, I don't mind buying decks from bargain bins, whether it be from any, you know, retailer, because I know I'm going to use those decks, you right. know, even if it's like, even if it's like a, a nicer deck, like even if it's a third way or King's Wild or whatever, I'll, buy the deck on a you know a bargain bin because i'm like hey i'm gonna open it anyway so it's not a problem Mm -hmm. 
you know, so, but if I had it like a perfectly sealed deck, I'm like, I'll leave it, but I always get a bargain bin one because I'm going to open it and then I'm going to use it. Right, exactly. And so it, it you're, you, you're right. You got to have the deck in your hand before you can really judge it, which is why I own a Fontaine, why I own an anyone, because yeah, I want to, I want to see what, what this is all about. Why are, why are people freaking out about, it? let me get it in hand. Let me see it for myself you know, type of thing. And then I ended up not liking them, but that, that's okay because I got them. I handled them, made my choice, moved on. Exactly. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And and we're not, and guys, whoever's listening, we're not knocking what you like. We're not. No, as never. long as we're, you're enjoying cards, we're all here for the card, the card community. We're all here as a community together. And we're just here to like be as a community and spread the love and spread the joy of like what this community has done for each of us. You know, brought us together three guys from across the country that probably would have never met in real life and yet we're here talking on a podcast because of cards oh yeah all because of 52 maybe 54 maybe 58 pieces of paper depending on who you 52. buy your decks from yeah depending, depending on who you buy your decks from <laughs> that also leads to prices of decks i'm kidding you know right <laughs> yeah so no i i i yeah you're you're right like i judge I make fun of, but in the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're all here for the same reason. Playing because because also at the end of the day, you know, someone might come into the community, might like a hype deck, whether it be like a Fontaine or something, but then they might spark an interest and maybe they want to create a deck of cards. And guess what? That person had an idea or had a, let's say, a creative spark and said, you know what? I want to do this. And then next thing you know, it's an amazing deck of cards. The artwork is amazing. It looks beautiful just because they got into a hype deck and they're like, Oh, you know what? I want to try something. Yeah. And, and then they did. And the next thing you know, we have another person in the community and that person might bring more people into the community, you know? So the, more the merrier, the more the merrier we're extremely inclusive. I mean, this is, I would say one of the most inclusive communities out there that they don't care where you're from, who you are, gender, race, sexuality, doesn't I matter. I don't care who you are. Where you're from? Come on, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, what you, you did, as long, long as, you as you love me. Yeah, we suck. We're ne we should never do a boy band. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to do a boy band. Uh, yeah. James is James is sitting here like, oh man, now I have to edit this. <laughs> I'm gonna like raise the volume on that part. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah, leave it in, James. I will. No, she said. <laughs> Better leave that in now. That's what she uh. said. <laughs> but I think, I think, as far as like the community, it doesn't matter what you use your decks for, as long as you're using a deck of cards. You know, I mean, I I know people that use like a fifty dollar deck every single day. Yeah. Like they don't care. They're just going to use the deck. They're going to, they bought the deck for the purpose of using it. And I applaud that me personally, I'm not one to collect much like a crazy collector like that. So almost all my decks are open, you know, all the ones when I do double. So I have one sealed and one open as we all probably have, but I will open every single one of them because I want, I paid for it. I want to see what it is, what the artwork is like in person. And I want to handle them. Yeah, and then you can put them back in the box in order and then recellophane them and then put them on your shelf and no one will ever know. See, not all of us have a charlatan like you, Dan. I know. 
It's okay. You know, or or not all of us have like a crazy cello machine like King's Wall does. Oh my god, it, uh the, when Darren went down there, Darren yeah. Lee, check him out on Instagram, does impossible bottles, helped me with decks, awesome guy. But yeah, he went to King's Wild last week and he got to see their new cello machine and film it. Holy shit. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah, that's yeah. But I mean Jackson's crazy, so it kind of fits fits with his model. I mean, he wanted I think he wanted to do everything in house at this point. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna try my best. I, I wouldn't put it past Jackson soon to start printing his own stuff. Oh, I'm sure he's already researching and looking into it. Oh, 100 percent He's I think he's trying to do everything in the house and be the next, you know, go-to person for that. And he should. He's he's got the talent and yeah. He's somebody yeah. to always keep an eye on, even if you don't really collect his stuff or into it, but he's always somebody you want to keep a pulse on. Oh, 100 percent 100 percent on that one. I think he's I think he has amazing talent. He's an amazing artist. I mean, the stuff that he does, you know, is insane. I'm just more like some of his decks, not my personal favorite. Right. But his artwork is undeniable. But I mean, speaking of him real quick, I just saw this today that his Lord of the Rings deck he's been working on for over a year, fully licensed, by the way, is launching 420. Wonder why 420. Wow. He's launching three. I, I don't know if it's it might be a Kickstarter. I'm not really sure. Um, but he's launching three editions and, uh, yeah, when I was heavily into Kings wild, this, this was his dream of his, cause this is his favorite, uh, his favorite thing besides American history is Lord mm. of the Rings. So passion project, 100%. So if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you definitely need to check out Kings wild. 100%. Definitely. I'm not a huge Kings wild fan, but good on them for getting the licensing and yeah. doing it, you know, doing hundred percent licensing on that. I mean, the licensing Kings are, are theory 11. They get the license. Yeah. But those are also decks like going back to like the beginning, like you can buy a really fun custom deck for like 10 bucks and use them nonstop, like from Theory 11. Yes. It just makes Theory. sense. I mean, they make those kind of decks. They make them available. Yes, they do. And, and Theory 11 is great. And yes, they do have some um, collectability, some of their decks, but they, they do try to keep them just available for everybody and anybody and about 10 to 11 bucks and perfect everybody should at least have a theory 11 deck uh, maybe a monarch or an artisan you should definitely have one Ooh, go um, for a contraband. or a contraband yes this is true yes uh, i'm i'm an artisan guy i i love the white black and gold those are my favorite theory 11 decks um but you can't I actually you really can't go have, wrong actually that's the one deck i don't have i don't have the contraband you need six of them <laughs> go to go to Target. You can probably pick one up right now. There you go. There are none. If it's Target by me, there's none. Oh, I live. You literally. can probably go to Barnes and Noble and pick one up. Oh yeah. There's only one in New York that I know of, and it's. You can probably go to Walgreens and pick one up. <laughs> not not contraband. Hmm. Who else? Um, Walmart is starting to carry Theory Eleven. I heard. Not that many really? Walmart. Yeah, some some of them here and there. Yeah. I don't have a Walmart in the city. Well, then I don't know what to fucking tell you. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy because you were saying Target. I'm like, I, funny enough, it's like earlier today, my girlfriend and I, we went to Target and she's like, oh, you're going to go look for cards. I'm like, yes, I went always. and I'm, I always do. And no Theory 11 whatsoever. You know what I regret? I want it. I, I should have uh, stolen that Theory 11 uh, display that my targets had when they had them. I should have just fucking taken that thing. You know what? Oh it's funny God. you said that because I, I recently went to my Target 
and the Theory 11 decks are just laying on a shelf. Yep. Like they got shot up. Like they're just thrown there. Like they got jumped or something. And that, that, that. beautiful display is just missing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and that, same with all mine around here. And I'm like, damn it. I should have stolen that damn thing when I thought about it. <laughs> Could have had it in your house right now displayed. Like, yes. I, yep. It's actually a very nice display. It, it is. is. <laughs> Why they don't sell it on Theory 11? Because I would pay 10 bucks for that. Yeah, because it's only a cardboard <laughs> cutout like thing. Yeah. Yep. And Barnes and Noble, they like you can't take it from there, at least the ones out here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also- don't steal people. <laughs> just don't do what Dan just said he wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> or point of the story is that. <laughs> Dan already telling young people to steal. Damn it, Dan. Yes. Jeez. I mean, Just, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's other things, other things that people could be doing, you know, different things. Yes. Doing that. <laughs> huh. No, but I think Theory 11 did a great job of making things affordable, usable, and accessible. I think yes. they I think they hit the nail on the head on that one. I think a lot of companies are are striving to be like that. USPCC could do whatever the hell they want because, you know, they print their own cards and they could charge whatever they want for them. But for a custom deck, I think Theory 11 is cornering that has cornered that market for the price. It, it's definitely a model to strive for if you want to be long-term in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see um like riffle shuffles kind of shooting trying to maybe be that maybe in like five to 10 years or something, but you know, I can see them keeping at it. They, they could be a theory 11 where they, you start seeing their decks everywhere. Yeah. If that's what they want to do, maybe they don't, I don't know, but you know. Yeah. I think once would... you, once you collab with the Kardashian, yeah, I think you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> Are the Kardashians still a thing? Well, I don't know. No. I don't know if they're still a family, but uh, I know that that theory 11 <laughs> did the, uh, what what is it the eight 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 oh eight or something eight one eight eight one eight yeah and, and uh, what 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 Kardashian was that uh, Kendall Jenner I believe she owns the bar or something like that because they started yeah. tagging her with all the posts like she really gives a shit yeah, she's like oh my god nerds <laughs> all uh, nerds all nerds uh, no but I think Theory Eleven just besides that they also cornered the market with like. The Harry Potter deck and then the Star Wars deck. So you're you're they're hitting licensing rights the right way. They're getting full licensing, they're getting custom, but they're keeping it affordable, which is the yeah, hard yeah. part to do because they're gonna be they, they have to pay for that licensing fee. But I think they realized, hey, we are gonna sell out no time. Let's make them cheap and we're still gonna sell them. And we could pay for that licensing fee, no problem. We need a right. Kanye West deck. That's all I'm gonna say. No, those are gonna be like five thousand dollars a deck then, because you know, Ye only does when he the does Yeezys V three. Doesn't that sound right? The Yeezys well, V three. Uh, <laughs> if we're gonna do that, can we get a Pete Davidson deck while we're at it? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. That'll be that'll be really good. What it though? <laughs> not really. I don't want those people in our community. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we said we're inclusive, Dan. Uh, to a certain point, <laughs> we all have limits. Jeez, limits. <laughs> no, but I think I think honestly, guys, I think we made our point on this one. I think we, you know, we try to subject the cards into like how we use them, how how much we're going to pay for them. And I think everybody has their own, you know, 
their own wallet, their own financial freedoms and how much they want to spend. Cause for most of us, this is a hobby, you know, not a career. You know, we just like to collect and like to use them. Um, but I think in general, I think whatever you guys want to spend on a deck of cards or however you use your cards, good on you. doesn't matter. Just, just, just be responsible and be within your means. I, I think as you know, uh, just real quick as a new collector, don't, don't buy into the hype and buy everything you see. You know, uh, just take your time. You won't because none of us did, but it's a good lesson to learn, but you won't learn it. And that's okay because all collectors do that. No matter what you're collecting, you go in hard and fast. That's what she said. And then you finally start fine tuning what you want a year or two later. And, and real quick, real quick, big shout out to whoever bought that Stockholm deck. Keep winning, oh, brother. My God, oh, dude. Keep winning, brother. $2,300 for a deck. God. Hey. If you got the money and you know, he could be a big fan of of uh, uh, of that and just want it. And you know what? If he's a fan of if he's a fan of Stockholm that way, hopefully he's a fan of cards and beards and wants to, you know, promote us a little bit. Or you know what? You know what? If you are a fan of cards and beards and you bought that fucking deck, you reach out. I want you on this podcast. I want to talk to you. Yes, Hell Bill Gates. Yeah. We want you on here, Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might not even be Bill Gates. It might be... um. Jeff oh Bezos, we want you, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, seriously, if, if, if you bought it and you hear us, I seriously want to talk to you. I, oh, I'd I would love to. Take your brain. Oh, same, same. Want to know why? Want to know why? I mean, you must be a hardcore, diehard Stockholm fan for that. I mean, you have to be. You wouldn't just shell, shell two, two grand for fucking something you don't even want. At least I don't think. I mean, there are other, I mean, NFTs. Okay. I'm not getting into that one. Um, I'm not, I'm not fucking talking about that. <laughs> See yeah. what I did there? <laughs> NFT, not fucking talking. Womp, 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 womp. Well, let's end this on a fucking high note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit over here and finger my deck. <laughs> I thought we we're going to get away with the episode. It's not fingering decks. Oh, I've been bringing it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, you know, we're going to leave on a high on that one. <laughs> guys, I think it was a good one. Definitely. So for everybody listening, thank you for listening, guys. We're going to come at you again. And don't forget, there will be a giveaway coming soon. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We are Cards and Beards. This is Dealing Seconds. Have a wonderful day.